Welcome to episode nine of uh, Outlet to Reality. We are now on, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcast, we're on all this stuff now. This is really exciting because now we're not just on the internet archive, we're on like everything else. Right, and YouTube. <laughs> yeah, now we're about to be on YouTube in just a second. Um, which honestly, I'm not a huge fan of the video podcast format. Just That's just me though. You know, my opinion is meaningless. <laughs> but uh, oh, we have a very exciting show today. Um, so it's episode nine. We've been really just marching along through this like, just once a week. And, you know, we're, next thing you know, we're in July, July 5th now. Uh, hopefully you guys had a great 4th of July, uh, you know, celebrating, uh, you know, the foundations of America uh, built on slavery and thievery <laughs> and uh, all that stuff. Genocide. Very exciting. Um, and uh, we're all going to, you know, blindly fly the flag, you know, Um Anyways, um, yeah, uh, really ever since – when I was a kid, I don't know about you guys, but when I was a kid, uh, people would always say te- – teachers would always say, you don't have to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. But no one would do that. Like everyone would just follow along just because it was like a 10-second thing. And, uh, you know, we needed to stretch up anyway. So, you know, we, we had to get up and just stretch. But uh, wh- how – was that very enforceable for you guys growing up? And we have uh, Mike, Mike Abron here uh, as our guest today. Um, well, this is Mike. Um, yeah, so no, I, I believe I was actually forced to just stand up and you know put your hand across the yeah, uh, site the village. Yeah, it, <laughs> something about it is very much like the, like Bellamy Saluti, um, which uh, by the way is which I learned like last year is like the, like two years ago is what all the kids did uh, to the flag until 1942, which is deep into nazi germany which is like that's like nazi germany and some change like it's a couple of years into it uh so it's just funny that, the, that they kind of overlap that's crazy man i in my school my elementary school we had to do the pledge of legion and we did the german uh anthem or whatever you call it i forgot what to call it. um i you know what before like sports game yeah, yeah. yeah the anthem so we did it in German. So I was like, man, it's pretty cool. I'm, I'm, I'm learning a new language, but that's the only thing they taught me. <laughs> and, and that was Just it. like the six words of the anthem. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I was like, man, I, See, I thought I'm y'all were going to do Not a huge fan at all either of like before sports games. Uh, I, I wonder, because uh, Mike here has a lot of experience, uh, I guess, with like martial arts and stuff like that. Would you, how would you react if, that was a thing where you had to put your national anthem before like an event, any sort of event, even like a fundraiser. Um, uh, well, hmm, no, that would be kind of weird. I mean, I would feel like yeah. I'm in a country that's overruled by a, a, sp- a specific type of power, a governmental power or something. Yeah. Like I, uh, like I always thought that that like, you know, like if someone's gonna go play a round of golf, you know, oh, we're gonna do the national anthem before we start. You know, like, <laughs> like oh, I'm gonna yeah. go shoot some hoops. We gotta do the national anthem though. We gotta do it before we before we go to the park. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I'm just I'm going into the subject blindly because uh, <laughs> yesterday was you know that holiday and uh, I yesterday was the most like uh, uh, what's the word like just like I don't care like the most apathetic I felt about that holiday not not that i've like felt proud to be like you know on fourth of july or whatever just go out and have some fireworks or hang out with friends or whatever uh like we usually do but um yeah uh that's why i was i was bringing that up uh anyways we just wasted five minutes just talking about the stupid flag um anyways uh this is episode nine and um 
yeah, so uh, I mentioned that Mike here is has done uh, martial arts, and that's very exciting. Um, so uh, first of all, like, what age did you start to realize like I kind of want to do this as like a teaching thing? Um, start teaching. Let me see. I think I was just really doing it for fun. Uh, the teaching aspect came in. Um, gotta be like probably my late teens, uh, like uh, 18, 19, you know, I thought, man, I could teach somebody else how to do some stuff. At least I thought I did at that time. So, but uh, I started really teaching, you know, real, I would say, uh, officially, like really getting good in my 20s, in That's which I'm 43, I'm 43 now, so... <laughs> Yeah, that, that's I, I that's really impressive. So like, it did so when you started like uh, getting better uh, as like you know when you were the student, did you there was there some sort of epiphany where you're like, I want to do that. I want to teach other people how to do this like, how, with these moves. I I'm starting to learn. Yeah, I think it kind of just came natural. Like when I learned how to do something, it was fun to kind of show off what I knew. But it was like, hmm, you know, uh, people seem like, well, how do you do that? So then that's kind of how it really started. Um, it wasn't an intentional thing. It's just like people just start asking, well, how did you do that? How did you do that cool kick? Or how did you do that move? And that's kind of how the teaching aspect really start picking up. And like, I'm going to really start showing people how to do stuff. They don't know. So it's kind of cool to show them. I, I want to share something real quick. So for those who don't know, Master Michael right here is my first, 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 first instructor that I've ever had for martial arts. He knew me since I was in fifth grade and not only did he taught me martial arts but he also helped me out in my english class my poetry i was struggling in poetry i was like man Mike, i can't i can't think of a word that rhymes with school you know what i'm saying like i was just i just i was just struggling so i feel like and then mike's like come on man you know this one come on you're a fool school yeah, right, right. So, but he, he really honestly i i gotta give a hands down like you know, being not only a teacher, but also like a teacher in life, um, like being a tutor too, because, you know, a lot of times there's different schools, you have an instructor, they'll do their job, and then they'll go home. But Mike will stay the extra, if he had to, an extra 30 minutes just to help me out. And as a kid, you don't forget the stuff that really impact your life. And I feel like, you know, those little stuff, you know, help me to continue going to school and keep moving forward. And also, I, I want to share something real quick that I didn't mention. You know, Master Michael, he got his master's in Hapkido. He studied a lot of varieties of martial arts. And he is the founder of Strokaido. The Strokaido, my bad. And the creator, you know what I'm saying, which is the same, founder and creator. So this is really cool, Michael. I, I want you to share a little bit of what does Strokaido mean and... When did you come up with it? Um, so Strakaito uh, um, kind of take it from the traditional structure of like, for example, Hapkido, uh, which the hop is means harmony, ki means uh, power, and do means the way. Uh, Strakaito, uh, take it from that concept, means the way of street defense. So uh, it's a uh, it's a system that's designed specifically for streets. Uh, a lot of things you know, me training in about nine different arts over a 28 year period uh, that I found that uh, besides the fact that a lot of arts having similarities, like 
a spinning back kick may be a turning side kick in another art, but it's the same technique. But then there's, of course, uh, very cultural, a lot of cultural differences as well as technical differences. But one of the things that I found the same uh, in traditional arts is that a lot of times the instructors or masters focus more on the arts, the beauty of the art, uh, the authenticity of the art versus how this actually works in the street and what happens when that doesn't work. And so Shikaido is based off of that concept of what do you do when this doesn't work and, and how to be adaptable and flexible to very diverse situations in real life. I'm sure, I'm sure you're, you're like, you know, you have, uh, you know, you, you, you definitely have a good students and I'm sure you're a good guy and everything, but do you ever get like an, any sort of situation where you just want to beat the shit out of someone and you just kind of use their, <laughs> your moves against them? <laughs> well, in, in training, uh, you know, uh, I, over the years, I've run across in teaching, I've run across a lot of different people who come from different arts, different disciplines, and they would come in, like, for example, a jujitsu artist, uh, not being, not knowing that Hapkido has an extensive amount of uh, ground fighting, but a lot of instructors, I would say about 99.9% .9 of them don't teach the ground fighting in Hapkido because it's a lot of work. Maybe, I don't know. But I had a jujitsu guy come in there. He wanted to prove a point. And he started seeing that I was able to adapt to everything he was doing, plus hitting nerves and pressure points at close quarter combat that he didn't even know, learn in jujitsu. And he's like, how in the world did you learn how to do that? Or the counters, how I was able to counter everything he was doing. And I said, because I've trained in a fuller picture of the arts and I've seen a much broader picture. So yeah, I've had them tapping out and screaming for their mom almost in a lot of cases. Uh, but uh, I was disciplined with it. I didn't you know, try to hurt them. I was just trying to teach. So I had different, different scenarios with different people of different arts, but I've had a lot of physical, real challenges uh, to, cause they's like, oh, that, that doesn't work or that art doesn't work or that stuff you learn, you know? So um, yeah, I got it out that way, I guess. <laughs> I, I remember another story you told me back then, I, and you probably have a better memory with this. You had a friend that did Muay Thai. Muay Thai is mostly knees and elbows. And I remember he kicked you one time really hard, like really hard, Michael. And you were like, okay, I think I'm going to have to show this guy. You know, we were just, I was just, you know, sparring, but nicely. But he went, and I remember you told me the story. And you're like, okay, I, I, I'm going to have to show that, you know. Yeah. You, you, I, don't, I don't know if you remember that story a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there was a... Uh guy and, and some of them like he was actually one who also trained like this some of them are trained kicking trees trying to kill the nerves in their shin bone uh so that it doesn't hurt them so they could break bats you know they build it callous over the area and everything and so um you know we were sparring and this guy had some very hard kicks so i blocked you know the traditional down block or whatever and that kick was very hard i mean it, it hurt so i was like okay time to be adaptable so i shifted gears on him so he started coming in with kipped i started sidestepping i started letting him go his own momentum and redirecting him and this guy got frustrated plus you know i was able to show him where i would have struck strike him um you know just having fun I, I was just having fun so i didn't hurt him in that instance um unlike some of the other people who had to be hurt because they were just really trying to seriously hurt me <laughs> so they can prove oh i can beat a black man i can beat a master you know so um and that's obviously not what martial arts is about the, i use the most important aspect of martial arts that i teach which is discipline self-control and if you can control yourself then you can definitely control that situation that comes to you that's out of control and, and one thing too i, I want to add to like 
um, when you study an art, right, like like Taekwondo, right? That's one of the first arts I studied. And we learn a lot of different combinations. So like, it would be like a front kick, snap kick, and a punch. But like, if someone comes out of nowhere trying to attack you, um, and you're like, they're actually choking you, you're not gonna be like, what was combination number two? Yeah. <laughs> you no. know what I'm saying? No. Like, no. in real life, you gotta just go with it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna wake up uh, dead. So <laughs> you know, because people, there there's some irresponsible people out there, and they don't even know what they're doing sometimes, and they could be really uh, putting you in a very dangerous or even fatal situation, and they don't know because they just learned something off a video or something their uncle or somebody taught them, and um, they could seriously hurt you. So yeah, you don't have time to be like, what was technique number? No, you just have to adapt, flow with it, protect <laughs> the most vulnerable areas. If it's your neck, you gotta you know. Uh, just adjust to the situation and it helps of course with training but just saying that you you don't in martial arts you could train like Hapkido has thousands of techniques and with the variations now I mean it's like you know many thousands but you don't get to train on every single situation when you learn martial arts so you have to learn how to adapt what you do learn to the situations that you didn't learn how to handle so is is the first thing you learn uh because I'm I do not know anything about like anything about martial arts or anything but the first thing you learn within like jujitsu or something and then the first thing you learn within hapkido is it similar um falls yeah i would say that's fall, uh falls were similar uh but a lot of times hapkido spends a lot more time on the falls uh and then they start going into standing techniques joint locks pressure points where jujitsu they well both Brazilian and Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, which Gracie Jiu-Jitsu is actually more of a self-defense version, uh, focused primarily from that. And that came first. And then the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which is more of a sports version. And that deals with, you know, like a person doesn't really punch at you or anything like that um, unless you train the self-defense version. But yeah, they they kind of change from that aspect. Hapkido goes to standing joint locks. Uh, Jiu-Jitsu goes to like ground grapple, uh, triangle chokes, uh, chokes, uh, guillotines you know um all kinds of different things from the ground how often are you guys like uh because uh we'll, and we'll promote this too uh you, you have a i think you, you you say you do classes uh david you mentioned that he does classes i believe online on mondays yeah is it like monday monday evening or something like that um and uh it's just like virtual yeah, so like I've been, um, I mean, obviously I've been teaching in schools in a variety of places, uh, but I actually also use a church, uh, which I'm also an ordained minister. So this was making me a hybrid, you know, a poet, a minister, a martial artist, which those two words, like, how does that all blend together, you know? Plus I did part-time, I used to do part-time police work. I did bodyguard work for celebrities. I worked for the government, federal, and DuPage County, uh, which is out here in um, yeah, DuPage yeah. County, in Illinois. So, you know, um, yeah, I... Uh, you know, just just setting up a picture of like having to use that in, in a variety of situations. But um, to answer your question, which, uh, yeah, I totally forgot. <laughs> your, uh, uh, I guess, oh, I guess my question was, uh, well, 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 I th- was it, well, it wasn't the jujitsu one. I already, I already got to that one. Right. Um, uh, geez, I don't, I don't even remember. I'm such a terrible Yeah, I know. Kid. I just, I, I, I I just start going down that. But I was gonna go like kind of like bounce <laughs> off of that. I wasn't saying like, how often are you doing stuff like meditation or like yoga or something like that, or even even something like ballet where you're balancing, like you're focused on your balance or like tai chi. 
Yeah. So like, um, and, and I know what, what you uh, asked me now, I came back. Um, you know, I'm old, but I'm not that old, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, uh, the classes we actually do on Monday. So I've been teaching in different places, but I started doing like online since this coronavirus, which is wrecking the whole world, obviously. Um, you know, um, even though we're starting to meet in person a little bit, uh, I still do classes on Monday nights uh, on Zoom. And um, they're usually at six o'clock, run from like six to seven. And so I, I teach people like workouts, uh, uh, self-defense scenario trainings, um, which is kind of unique doing that from a Zoom perspective, but I still make a way to do that. Um, you know, even if I have to bring somebody in and, you know, have to do it, perform the, uh, demonstrate the technique on them, you know, I still show up. Uh, but yeah, we, we do that on Monday nights. Very nice. Cool, Mike. Uh, any other questions, David? Yeah, I have another question. So, Michael, you know how UFC is one of the biggest uh, sports in the world, pretty much, and it has basically kicking, ground fighting, um, has a lot of locks. So with this new sport that has become so mainstream, how do you feel of this sport in the martial arts world? Do you feel like, uh, for you, for instance, like when, if you wanted to join, right, the UFC or something, how do you see it or like the, the way it is? I don't know if my, my question made sense, but you, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. how do you feel about the UFC? Um, well, it's um exactly what it is you know the ultimate fighting championship it's it's fighting it's uh about defeating someone and uh making a lot of money in the process uh if we go back to the traditional essence of martial arts um it's more about principles and um there's a good side or should i say a reality side of U uh, ufc that does not come out in the arts uh and me from some of the fields backgrounds that I've told you about that I've had to actually use martial arts it doesn't look as pretty and artistic as it does in the classroom and the scenarios are very real there's no mats there's concrete there's glass windows which you can go through there's car doors there's knives there's guns there's all kinds of things there's multiple opponents and guess what there's no instructor out there or a referee or anything else to break it up to stop the fight so if you're cornered and you're in an alley and you got people attacking, you don't know how far this is going to go. So it just all really comes down to survival at that point. But the UFC brings out that reality of real combat fighting. It's what martial arts would really look like in a real fight scenario. But the aspect of its use is not really from the traditional origin of martial arts, about principles, respect, discipline, integrity, you know, loyalty. Uh, these things are kind of thrown out. Um, in promoting the fights because you see them disrespecting each other. They call each other's names. You know, um, you know, if they was from the hood, they'll be saying your mama jokes. You know what I'm saying? That's where I'm from. <laughs> so it's just, <laughs> you know, those, those were back in the day. Those were offensive. You don't talk about my mama. You know what I'm saying? You're going to get hurt. So it's like, you know, they just go overboard and then they, they get into this fight. And it's not really, you know, they show sportsmanship sometimes after the fight. But before all that and the buildup and everything, you know, it's just really not, not what the essence of martial arts for. And primarily, it's not for use for self-defense. You're in there trying to beat somebody up so that you can get money, fame, fortune. And that's your choice, you know. I mean, you have the choice to do that, but it's just, 
in comparison to the the origin of martial arts, it, it has nothing to do with that. But it does show a reality of how real fighting would look if martial arts was put to the streets and done the right way. Yeah, it's it's not exact, but it's kind of similar to like uh, you know, like that distinction between like wrestling and wrestling. You know, like WWE wrestling and like actual wrestling, like mm-hmm. what you see in like a college gym or like a high school gym or something like when with all those uh like jumpsuits or whatever they're wearing uh like those outfits um yeah so i, I that's kind of what it reminds me of like there like uh it's like uh the, the it's like a completely kind of like a different like a different book almost yeah that's true uh so yeah we are uh what, what are we about like 20 minutes in or something like that um we're uh with uh master mike master michael and uh this is outlook to reality episode nine um yeah anyways uh we'll, we'll get back to like the martial arts stuff and stuff like that but for now um anything going on with you guys in the quarantine this is for some people this might be like day 120 or something but uh i've been outside like because i've been you know i cannot i've been i drive myself insane if i'm just staying inside um you know i've been going for my daily state approved walks um, you know, I've been playing, I've been playing some basketball, but my new sport I've been playing, uh, I've been obsessed with disc golf. I've never played disc golf until like about two weeks ago. And, uh, I'm really starting to get into it. Uh, so what about you guys? Anything new with you guys? <laughs> throughout the, what day hundred and whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, I, I gotta say, um, I had the craziest week to be honest with you. I was driving my car. I'm an old car, 2003. Toyota Sequoia and out of nowhere my car starts not moving in the highway it went from 60 to zero and I honestly thought I was gonna die I was so scared I saw a big old truck behind me I saw cars moving and I hear I'm like I'm like oh man I'm gonna die tonight I'm gonna make my last prayer because this is it and honestly this was the scariest thing that's ever happened to me but luckily I was able to make it um I had to pull up in the curb. I don't know how the car kept moving, finally. And to be honest, my car was going, <laughs> you know, it was just going crazy. <laughs> but the sad thing, you know, this car has been with me for 10 years, and it finally shut down on me. So I had to buy a new car, you know, not, not being, you know, I, I'm not a rich man. So I had to take out a loan, you know, get that money. But um it's a sad thing but you know what sometimes one of the things i i didn't know is that we can't be i was being too materialistic and attached to my car and i think god was trying to tell me look man you you gotta move on from this because things don't last forever but i honestly and as a result i got a better car you know what i'm saying well, yeah, i hope you had good pictures of your other one <laughs> yeah, all right right i do, I do. <laughs> well, what about you, Mike? Um, yeah, it's been a busy time for me. What I've been doing is just uh, besides uh, continuing to train um, and teach others, uh, both naturally and spiritually, um, you know, because uh, we've been dealing with different people in different countries. Uh, and like I said, I'm, I'm a minister, so I work with other people in different countries and uh, as well as the U.S. and being encouragement and strengthening and teaching and training how to do ministry the right way, not selfishly, in other words, but, um, you know, I've been doing a lot of that and, you know, been doing Uber Eats. So the business has been real good because, you know, everybody's somehow are at home, you know, during this time. So they were at home. And so, um, 
you know, I was able to go out and uh, the, the calls were coming in consistently. Uh, I mean, I've done the passenger driving, but I think I actually like the food driving better. It's like, here's your food. All right, good. Good night. Have a good, you know, whatever. Just, you know, no, 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 no uh, fussing, no complaining, no, you know, not that everybody's like that, but you know, you got those people. So, yeah, I, uh, I drove for Lyft for a couple of years and uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, one time I was looking at my phone to see like directions or like to see how, how long, how long traffic was. And uh, I got like this long review from like the Lyft, uh, like the Lyft people saying like, you were looking at your phone, your passenger was bitching and stuff like that. And I was like, dude, fuck that guy. <laughs> because I was not, it's not like I was texting or anything. You know, it's not like I was like making a phone call. I, I would never make phone calls or anything. Like I would, I would always like, if I had a call, I'd, I'd leave it. Uh, and I'd, I'd also never talk unless spoken to. Hmm. Well, yeah. but, I'm actually uh, going to start doing that. The Uber and Lyft. That's my name. So. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, with a new car, dude, that's a perfect yeah. opportunity right there. Yeah. Put yeah. some miles gotta, on it. Right, right. I imagine I it's really busy over there. I imagine yeah. it, oh, it, yeah. it would get busy. It's even now, even with the, the, the coronavirus situation. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ain't, no, ain't nobody, nobody staying home, huh? Yeah. <laughs> right, right. And they're supposed to. But, you know, nobody's listening to the room. When you tell somebody, don't eat the fruit, they're going to eat the fruit. You know what I'm yep. saying? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so true. <laughs> you know, one, one thing I got to realize, we have a very diverse group right here, to be honest. Not only... You know, culture. You think because he's black, we got a black guy here. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. No, no, no. But look, look, I'm gonna I'm be real. Look, my brother. You can say the same about last week's episode. We had, we had a, we had a, a Latina woman, right? Last week, <laughs> running for president. That's kidding. Oh man, no. But like, honestly, like I was gonna say, not just culturally, but spiritually too, because me is Muslim, uh, Mike is Christian. And I'm Jewish, you know, my mom, she converted at a very young age for me. So it's a, we have a very inter, um, big three. Like a, yeah. yeah. Big three. We have the, the, yeah. like technically the Avery, I'm trying to say Abrahamic. No, yeah. Abrahamic. Right? Yeah. Abrahamic yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty <laughs> cool. Same God, don't guy. worry. Yeah. yeah, yeah we're, just, we're in the same building. So it's pretty good. You know, we, we, <laughs> I like that. That's why I'm saying we're really diverse today. Today we're uh, we're going international. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not, that, yeah, I'd agree with you there. Like we're diverse yeah. in that sense for sure. I mean, yeah. we're diverse yeah. in like every sense here, but like yeah. we're, we're diverse, especially <laughs> that like the religious sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff, man. Um, I was gonna tell you guys when Hamid was calling me today earlier. I said, man, Hamid, I feel like I'm happy that you know Master Michael's gonna join us for this episode. I feel like he's like Master Splinter and we're the Ninja Turtles. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you remember when they go, Master, Master Splinter, Shredder's coming. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, that's a great, that's a classic movie right there. TV show, my bad. TV show mm -hmm. and movie. But well, um, I, I have another question for, uh, for Mike here, for Master Mike. Uh, uh, Master, uh, Master Mike. Well, first of all, are you good at baiting? Like, would you call yourself a master baiter too? Like, are you good at baiting? Like, being like a good like a uh, like a uh, like a sidestepper? Like, you know, making people miss. Um. So, yeah. I mean, uh, I I adapt to people well. Um. You know, um. 
the mode is survival for me, but when uh, people, some of people's greatest weaknesses is their own pride. And uh, even beyond their own fighting skill, it's the things that come out of their character that actually mess them up. So uh, in essence, people sometimes just beat themselves up. So, you know, if, if I can, you know, set a person up to go in a direction or do something, um, but mainly I just let them, if they're going to come at me, I just let them come at me and I just, you know, sidestep or redirect or, you know, if I have to go with it, uh, you know, I'll just, uh, I'll embrace the suffering and find a way to use it against them. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I would say I, I like to bait people, but I, I more or less just like to, if somebody's going to attack me, it's just like, okay, do what you got to do. I'm going to just, you know, adapt to you and just redirect. Master Mike, the master baiter. Love it. Um, so, uh, I, I had, so you, you talked about earlier, you worked with some police forces, but how about working with some of the protesters and then having a training with them? And so we'd see a complete all out martial arts fest, just a matchup between the protesters versus the police would actually see a fight without, without weapons, of course. Yeah. Um, I think in some cases, um, uh that the protesters will win because they don't have the obligation of rules and laws that, that works against them, you know? Um, and that's kind of the same thing with martial arts, traditional, you know, you got these structures that prevent you from doing things in a good way, you know, law enforcement have, you know, um, uh, you know, it's good that they have uh, some type of structure to, to put checks and balances because they can kind of go one level above the force that you're giving them so that they can apprehend or detain you or whatever. But uh, that unchecked can be very devastating, unfortunately, as we have seen. Um, so, you know, I think the protesters, though, by, you know, combat of nature, they will win because they don't have the rules. They don't have the obligations and they don't have a uniform. You don't know who they are or when they can strike. So they have a, a greater advantage in that. Oh, well, I mean, I was mostly talking about you should train all those protesters in one place and then they'll all do the moves. They'll try it on some cops, you know, like oh, the same, that, you know, 20 <laughs> minutes later or whatever. <laughs> yeah, if I train them, the first thing they're going to learn is self-control. So, <laughs> you know, control your signs. Don't use it to uh, break it over the cop's head. You know, not all cops are bad. I know this from experience from working with them. Uh, me doing it part-time, you know, I still got to be close to the full-time guys and someone will literally lay their lives down for you. Um, I mean, they will not go at home just so you can, and they may not even like you, but they'll do it anyway because it's their sworn duty in their heart. It's not just obligation. It's their duty from the heart. But of course we know we got the knuckleheads in which, you know, unfortunately we see that in our world today too. Right. It's true. It's true. It's crazy, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, well, one thing too, Michael, I was going to ask you, because I know you were saying earlier that you, you grew up in the streets and you saw a lot. So did you feel that you left that lifestyle and that martial arts was your way of escaping? Um, actually, believe it or not, um, God was my way of escaping. So I was a, um, for obviously everyone who don't know, um, I used to be in the gangs. I got in the gangs at about eight years old uh, as part of the Gangster Disciples, uh, which is very large and, you know, obviously has a, a, a very strong reputation um, in Chicago, of course, but other states too. But 
the thing is just that um yeah i uh when i got uh, became well you know a christian um you know or found faith with god and, and start developing a relationship with god uh that i actually found that that was more of a peaceful thing i was trying to control my attitude because i had a very bad attitude i was very violent i was very destructive and self-destructive so I didn't care if you made me mad or if you just looked at me wrong. It's just time to punch you in the face. It wasn't no talking about it. And I literally got into a lot of trouble. I didn't kill anybody, you know, y'all who's listening. <laughs> I didn't kill anybody. <laughs> but, you know, um, uh, uh, was the urge and desire there and was the rage there to complete that task? Yes, it was there. And um, so that, you know, getting in, in, in my faith in God and uh, my life was threatened when I said, I'm going to walk away from the gangs and they didn't, you know, they don't usually go over too well when you say, I'm going to be a good guy now. And now that I know all your dirt, the stuff that y'all doing uh, and have done, uh, but uh, God uh, actually intervened. And one of the leaders heart was really touched. And he said, Hey, you know what? You don't have to go through violation to get out. I'm not saying no names, of course. Uh, you don't have to go through violation to get out, which is like another beat down, like how I did to get in there. Um, and if anybody bothers you, you let me know. Uh, I'll deal with it. But as far as I'm concerned, you're out. And I took that. He said, don't ever come back, though. You know, and uh, and that's something very rare, very rare. Because the exiting interviews in, in my day, I call them exiting interviews, was either you get beat down by a host of your brothers until who knows, you could be unconscious, you could be in a coma, whatever. You know, gang is for life. It's not no just, oh, I'm changing my mind. Or you run down in the west side of Chicago, you run down the alley during my time again, uh, they shoot at you and you can zigzag and try to get, you know, to the end of the alley. If you got to the end of the alley out of there, you were out of the gang. But if you dropped because they hit you because you didn't zig or zag the right way at the right time, whatever, uh, they finish you off. Um, because again, it's still death do you part. Uh, so, uh, Master Mike here. Uh, we got about five minutes left, um, but we'll, we'll end it soon. Uh, so, uh, first of all, he's he's doing classes tomorrow. So usually Monday evenings through Zoom. Um, where where can you find that? Like, do you promote that? Um, well, I've been actually just doing it with some of my students, but um, I actually have a website that I use to just invest skills that I teach people. Um, uh, which is Kingdom Construction Crew Ministries. Yes, it's a ministry. And no, you don't have to be a Christian or a Muslim or Jewish or anything else. To, you don't need to be Abrahamic <laughs> to come in this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not about that. It's just a service. And that's what ministry is supposed to be, a service to the community. Uh, you know, instead of wanting to yell about being essential, no, you just actually provide a service that's essential to other people. And, you know, that's something that benefits them. So that's what we've been doing on uh, using the ministry to do that. Yeah, I actually, I just came across this website. I mean, I just searched your name. And I just came across this website, like right before we, we did this. It looks like uh, days and times. Oh, wow, you guys are in Downers Grove. Yeah. Uh, is that still true? Yeah, so that's going to change. Uh, but yeah, that's where we've been. But right now, obviously, the building is uh, on lockdown. So, uh, oh, right, been, right, right. You know, I, I'm the, literally right next. I'm in Westmont. I'm literally right next door. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> I'm uh, <in> Westmont. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. you got a nice uh, uh, security because uh, Michael, he'll make yeah. sure everybody's okay. You know, he's a Spider Man. You're friendly with little Spider Man. I probably, I've seen you around, I'm sure. He's just yeah. flying around the city. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> 
<laughs> Saturdays, Saturdays at eleven, we're in Oakbrook though. We're at Oakbrook Community. Church. Oh, that's very that's that's right next door too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways, um, we're probably going to sign it off. This is a great episode nine. Uh, we did this uh, in the evening. We're going to do this late at night. But we just want to knock it out of the way. So thankfully, we're here. Thank you for your time, Mike, so much. Um, hopefully, we'll have you back. We'll definitely have you back for sure. Um, it's just a matter of when. And uh, we'll, we'll keep on promoting uh, uh, martial arts uh, classes uh, Monday evenings usually. So uh, yeah. thanks yeah. for listening, everyone. This episode nine. Thanks for anyone who's reviewed our episodes or listened or whatever. Um, we'll be back at it uh, the next week. And uh, yeah, that's all. I'm Hami Rain with David Montalvo. We'll see you guys next time. See you guys. <laughs> see you guys. <laughs>